0: Welcome to the Five One Eight Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Nicola. This is the podcast that talks to amateur runners from the 518 Area Code who juggle family and work while training for distance races on the weekend. Today I'm speaking with Paul Loomis. Paul Loomis is the co-founder and race director of the Malta 5K 10K event. He's also the founder, head coach, and president of the Roundabout Runners Club. Here is my talk with Paul Loomis. Paul, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here.
1: Hey, Mike. Dino, good to catch up with you. Thanks for having me. Really excited to talk to you today.
0: Awesome. Hey, let's start just by telling us about your running club and the races you direct.
1: Hey, uh, sure. No problem. So the Roundabout Runners Club, uh, we started uh, back in the fall of 2017, which doesn't seem too long ago. Um, We really started this myself and a couple of us back in the day to fill a void for my kids' running club. They were part of the Spa City Running Club um, at the time, and they ended up taking a different direction, doing more personalized training. Um, you and I both know Coach Zazia, Amora Diaz. So she was in charge of that. And uh, my daughter, Megan, um, at the time, was really involved with, the, with that running club. And uh, with life changes with her, it, it, uh, we had uh, a void left um, for no running club around for the kids. So we started around the spring of 2018 with just six runners. You know, back in the day we probably had 40 or 50, and we just started with six. And uh, where we are today with our cross country club, I got 54 kids and 10 coaches, which is amazing because we never we thought, "Geez, what are we doing?" <laughs> you know, we're taking over a new club and and new kids, and uh, it's been fantastic. It's really a uh, really great to have the kids underneath us and being able to do that. So the running club has been fantastic. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that they're, they're meeting twice a week for two days a week and, and, uh, for an hour or so over here on our trails. And it's been, it's been a really a great, um, path and a great way of, of seeing the kids getting out there and doing. It. So I'm really happy about it.
0: That sounds great. Um, Let's, let's just back up a step here. So when things shut down last year in 2020, how did you keep things, go, th- keep things going with the Roundabout Runners Club and the multi-5K and 10K races? How did you bring things, things forward to now? How did you keep things going?
1: Well, you know, it was a, it still is. It's a weird and crazy time, you know, back in March of 2020. You know, we, uh, we held our virtual New York City half marathon for the adult members of the club. Um, We ran from Wired Coffee here. We ended up setting up water stops and we mapped the course for about 10 or so folks. You know, and then Tuesday we had our 5.15 run and 25 to 30 people came. And this is at 5.15 in the morning. So getting 20 to 25, almost 30 people at 5.15 on a Tuesday morning is like amazing. You know, you think you crazy people are out there that early in the morning. And then go right after that, that Saturday, we had a great virtual run. We had 25 people running that Saturday. Email came from all the other running clubs um, around the area. All of us uh, who are, you know, in charge of the running clubs, if you will, presidents and, you know, directors of, of these clubs, who all decided to send out the same email to everybody, and the same correspondence, basically shutting down all organized group runs. And it, it was horrible. I mean, it was just a defeating, um, but for three to four months on the adult side, we created little tiny pods. And what are those pods? Those are two or three people that ran together. And we just communicated over our group chat on Facebook amongst the club. So we still try to keep engaged, try to have <clears throat> little tiny groups getting together and having some sort of fun. <laughs> Unfortunately, that may. Uh, I also raced direct multi mile. Um, which is in front of a parade here in Malta and that's May of 2020 and that really stunk because the first year we had about 150 people run it and you know in the second year you try to gain momentum and it just weren't able to weren't able to put it together um, but we did soldier on we ended up trying to get the group back together in July we we social distanced our some of our runs and we weren't getting 25 to 30 people we maybe get six or seven Um and we said, you know what, we want to do something to get everybody together. So we partnered with the Saratoga Striders in August of 2020, and we actually had a trail run out on our Luther Forest uh, athletic fields. Uh, we did a 5K, no charge, just show up. And we were, it was awesome. It really felt amazing. You know, I think, uh, Dino, you may have been there for that. It was really, uh, it was a—it was good to see people and to be able to do that. And when that happened in august of last year we thought we had a chance a slim chance of pulling together the malta 5 and 10k you know we had um the right people around the table we had josh merlis from are we had our medical director dr kelly from saratoga hospital we had the president of the chamber of commerce you know looking at us and saying we can, you guys can do this the numbers were low we had all the social distance uh, protocols in place josh had just done a couple runs in august um and at the end of the day we wanted to do it for the community um you know we're not a big race we average anywhere between 600 and 800 people every year we were really looking at doing something for two to three hundred people just to get out and do something and there was no egos involved it wasn't like hey look at us we can do it we myself as a runner our committee are runners we wanted to do it um a couple of days later, we started talking about how we do it, and it would take a lot of coordination. I mean, doing a race and being a race director, you, you're lining up so many different things from state police to sheriff to the ambulance squad to getting volunteers, shutting roads down. You know, doing it a, a month ahead of time probably could have been done, but add in the staging, three across the line, every 15 seconds going out. Shutting the roads down for Global Foundries um, with their deliveries and stuff, it, it just basically, the end of August, we said, we're going to go virtual. And you know what? It was probably the right decision at the time. I was really deflated. Um, we knew we could pull it off. But you know what? The community came out. We had 225 participants. And we ended up still donating 12 grand from a virtual race. I mean, there's not many races that were able to do it. And it really, we're happy that we had people come out and support the not-for-profits. Um, it it was just a good feeling to do that so that, you know, the shutdown around that same time really affected the race, right? Affected the races and we weren't able to put something off, but you know what our youth club, we said, we're going to do it. We were going to have a season for the kids and we were going to follow all the protocols. We were outside. Um, we, we had a no out, no indoor track season. We had no outdoor track season. um, it just was something that we said last fall we were going to do it. And you know what? We had 55 kids last year and eight coaches. So the same numbers that we have now, and we were able to pull off three races. Um, and, and we were able to do something that, you know, parents were happy about kids were happy about, and it almost felt like normal. Now granted we started to wear masks. We had to still do temperature checks, everything like that. Um, So it just felt good because before that, Mike, we were traveling all over the place. Cross-country for youth. We travel all across New England. We go up all around New York State every weekend. And and for indoor, since there's no tracks around here, think about this. There's not really any place for the kids to practice. And with COVID, it made it even worse because you can't really be inside. So we went from going every weekend for indoor season to Boston, to Staten Island, to Connecticut, to Syracuse, all over for every weekend track meets it just was really weird that we had nowheres to go so we said for cross country we're going to hold our own meets we had a timer we had a start and finish line you know we had music everything to give the kids something to kind of look forward to and it, it just was fantastic that we were able to do that
0: Yes, it was really great that you did pull together all those activities last year. And I do remember some of the trail events that you had. I, I attended at least, I think I attended at least a, one or two of them. Um, and of course, I, I did participate in the, the Malta 10K virtual race. That was, I mean, virtual races and time trials are things that kept some of the runners going on um, the competitive end of things um as far as as far as this year and bringing back the to 5k and 10k races i mean i i didn't run it i was a spectator and you know how much that probably drove me nuts but <laughs> what was it like getting these things going again and what was new about the event this
1: year yeah great question so we started planning this year's event in january no and, and we do that every year whether it's the times we're in or it's previous, we always sit down in January, uh, the team, it seems weird, you know, we do check presentations in November, and we close the current year out, but January, we all get together. Um, the first phone call I make is to our title sponsor, Global Foundries. And if they're in, it's a go. So they were in first response can we do it in person this year we we really want to find a way to do it are are you and your team want to do it like you did last year because we'll give you all all the support you need and i'm like absolutely yes like a thousand percent we're gonna do it this is in january if you remember back in january of 21 we're the numbers were going up we were almost going through the same thing again but you know what we we, I, i i'm like Let's find a way to do it. So I called Josh from ARI. It's a great resource. He's been putting together so many events in the fall and planning events in the spring. He guided me through what they were doing for their runs in Schenectady and Albany County. You know, he's basically handed me the book and says, here, customize it for what you want to do. And and I can't say enough about what a a partner he was. Um, So then I had to go to my usual contacts at Saratoga County, which um, owns the roads that we use in NYSERDA. Um, with the state. And as you can imagine, they have so many rules and so many guidelines and directions about mass gatherings and what you can and can't do. And luckily, I brought my team together again with uh, Todd Chimkis from the chamber and Dr. Kelly from the hospital, and they jumped right in and basically we got the plan approved in March. So here we are, we're nine, we're six months out from event in, in uh, September. We're go. So we're talking to sponsors. We're talking to participants. We're going to the Andron Sports and Fitness Expo. I'm talking to Daryl. You know, we're one of the few in Saratoga County that we're able to pull something together in person. We're really, really excited. In June, I got a phone call from Peter Gutos, and he says, hey, we're going to put the firecracker together. We'd love for you to help us. I'm like, absolutely. I learned so much from race directing and so much from coordinating um, from Peter and his team. And so they were the first event to pull it off. They got 2,000 people. Um, so, you know, the Firecracker over years, I can't say enough about it. it was a world-class event in Saratoga with 3,000, 4,000 people. You know, it was great to see an in-person event in Saratoga County. Now, if they can pull it off in a month, our team was saying the same thing. We've had, we've had nine months to plan this. We're going to have a great event. Um, so if, seeing it happen made me give even more confidence that we were able to do it so we had our weekly and not weekly email check-in with everybody just i mean it's that much a five-minute email back and forth here's what's going on checking with you know the the county checking with the state so really really um great team being able to 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 pull off planning the event and actually having it so now the fun part begins, and, and what are you going to do this year to welcome people back? You know, it's almost two years if you think about it. The event ends, and then you go a whole year, then it happens. So it's basically, you know, people say, oh, you took a year off. We really took two years off. So as you can imagine, we wanted to welcome people back and have what we call, you know, we want to make it special. Um, so this year was the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. So our event was on 9-11, and every year we give money to um, the, the homeless vet shelter over in Boston spot. They have a men and a woman house. Um, it's a local organizations. They every year use our money to give directly to training people that have uh, been in overseas serving us. Um, I could go on and on about it, but it's a local charity organization and also to our two fire departments in the EMS squad. So, you know, Being on 9-11 made it special, but we wanted to do even more. So we're going to pull off a great running experience. We ended up moving um, on the running side. We ended up moving the start and finish line for both events down the hill a little bit at the finish line. You know, runners, we like to have a flat course to get some of our PRs. And we ended up adding a little bit of distance in Global's property, which was a little bit flatter on the 5K. And then on the 10K, we went through, um, we call it the old rocket test area. These buildings have been back there for 30, 40, 50 years, and uh, it's not as, you know, high tech, if you will, of the Global Founders campus. Um, so it was really cool to bring the people back there uh, and see what the park was about, you know, a long time ago. And every year we always do, we always have a flag at the start line and the finish line, and then a flag out in Global. But if you're running the 10K, you don't see that flag out there. So. We had one of our sponsors, Campco, ended up bringing a truck with a flag out. And uh, so it was really cool. So you got to see the 5 and the 10K um, running with each other, if you will, at different directions out at the one roundabout. So we had another flag there, and there, we had the fire department and the EMS folks out there cheering everybody on. Um, so it was really cool for um, them to be able to run underneath the flag. Um, it was a real nice touch. Um, but my favorite part of this year's is we were able to do two giveaways. You know, everybody's got a race shirt, which is fine, but we, you know, you go two, three years without running because of the pandemic. You, you don't really have your dresser filling up a race shirts. So we wanted to do a nice short sleeve um, tech shirt, which we did. We also wanted to do a running hat. So we were able to pull it off and have two giveaways. So, Normally you go to a race, you get one or two, but we also gave the people the option. If you didn't want a shirt, you know, we took five or 10 bucks off the um, registration price, but you still got a hat. So believe it or not, you pay, you know, say 15 bucks for the 5K, you still got a race cap. So we were able to do something like that. And, you know, it was just something that um, we were able to do that we hadn't done in the past. It was a race shirt or, or nothing. And then we had a goodie bag with other stuff um stuffed into it too with some water bottles and stuff like that so you know our partners were great um we had a lot of sponsors show up at the finish line Hannaford was there giving out all the food and stuff like that it really felt like a big city of that and in the woods um so and the, and the last thing that we really topped it off mike is, is we had unified beer works um they approached me and says hey we want to give out this kind of drinks at the end and have a post-race party we want people to feel like they accomplished something come back to racing and come out and you know what they had almost a hundred uses of the tickets on race day which was really good i got a lot of pictures of people hanging out after almost felt like normal it just was a great feel we we did so many things that you would typically see at a race but we also tried to do little things to make it different for a good running experience and you know what it's gonna be tough to top next year and we're hoping that we can
0: well, Paul, that was that was uh, so much said there, and you know, even though I spectated the race, uh, it, I, I did go to the after party at uh, Unified Beer Works, and yes, like you just said, it very much did feel like everything was normal, and it, it was just an event that I really enjoyed uh, being there for, and uh, it was great going to Unified at 10 a.m. and, uh, well, having a post-race beer even though I didn't run, but... Um, <laughs> It was just really great, great uh, gathering with everybody there, and seeing everybody there that I that I knew did run the race. So, um, do your daughters and son run as well? And what was it like for them when things shut down last year? And how does that compare to what things are like
1: now? Yeah, that, that it was. You know, kids are very re- resilient. So my uh, kids are: Katie's seventeen, uh, Megan's thirteen, and Adam's nine. And and if those who know me, I've seen myself and Megan run since she's seven years old at every 5k every weekend back in the day, her and I, you know, she'd win her age group. She, you know, she was very competitive. Um, so it was tough when races shut down. I mean, her last race was probably maybe in January of 2020, like an official road race. She won the, um, Winter wimp out in Hageman She wins it every year. It's the 2.2, so she wimps out, but she loves that race. And that was her really her only race in 2020. Um, so she was able to um, run a virtual race here in the neighborhood that the Wineberry, uh Loop put on it. And and I know here in Malta that doesn't in Malta we'll know where it is, but the capital district doesn't really know much. It is, but a bunch of parents put together. a you know, a little virtual mile and a quarter race. And we don't live over there, but I, we were invited to bring some of the roundabout kids over there. And of course we were accused of bringing ringers in because Megan and Adam both basically won the event. So we got them engaged early to do that. <clears throat> um, Katie, on the other hand, you know, she was a, she was a junior at school and all of her events <clears throat> were school related. She's a cross country runner. And, um, it, it was tough. It was tough because the school changed the way they did things. They didn't have a soccer season. So um, a lot of the soccer kids went for cross country and they had a time trial. And Katie's like, well, I'm not going to do a time trial because I'm not going to be as fast as the kids and created a lot of anxiety on her end. So she was still part of the team, but she didn't compete. She didn't go to practice, but she still hung out and she still kept in contact with her friends. And she still did a lot of running and, and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I think it was harder on the older kids because, they're you know, with Katie, her time was running out being a junior. Now she's a senior. Um, but, you know, with Adam, you know, th- he was young enough. It didn't really bother him so much. He's been around the running club since he was two or three. You know, he started running when he was six doing cross country. So, you know, now he's in his fourth year with the club. He's taken a leadership role being nine. You know, our k- kids in the running club are anywhere from seven to 14 so he's been around long enough he knows what he's doing um you know so i like what he's doing um it's it's just really good but you know to keep him engaged they they went out and they volunteered a lot they volunteered with bark they volunteered with the club um, to work on the trails. We kept them busy. You know, Coach German did a good job. He's the varsity coach of Boston Spy. He kept in touch with the younger kids and Katie, making sure that she knew when her senior year came that she'd be, you know, part of the team and expected to be a leader. Um, he would give her plans and things like that. So, um, you know, getting back to Megan and Adam, they were sad about not having outdoor track and no races. Um, but, you know, luckily, like I said, that fall, we were able to have a cross country season. And Normally, Megan would have been on Modified. Um, and so I wouldn't have seen her, but Modified didn't have a season, just the varsity. So we were able to, for the club, Megan brought a lot of her friends from other schools, like from Shen and Sydney Tolan came and ran with us. We had kids from Skyville that ran with us because they weren't able to move up to varsity where they normally would in person. So, you know, she had so many friends from other school districts looking to do something in the fall. And the club was that, that, option or that outlet for kids around the area to come and run it wasn't just boston spa and malta and you know to this day i was at a megan's modified meet the other day and they were running against uh, Niskuna and shaker and she knew kids on both clubs from running you know from <clears throat> outdoor track and cross country so i always say running's a lifelong sport and you make friends out there and, it, and it, we as adults we see it but i see it even more with the kids so it's been great for the kids. It was tough. Like I said, Mike, it was tough on them, but it was also, they're very resilient. And now that they're back and they're running and they're competing, um, I don't think they really missed a beat.
0: Sounds like a great <laughs> club ball. And uh, I really hope my son, my son, Wyatt, he's only one year old, um, <laughs> but uh, I hope one day he can join your club too. And all those activities uh, sound great for the kids to do. Um Along these lines, though, tell us just a little bit more about the adult part of the running club. This is the part that I do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, the uh, adult club we started after we got the youth um, portion of the club up and running. And I was talking to, uh, you know, a lot of people here, you know, we follow everybody on Strava. You know, we like to see, you know, what we're doing for biking and running. And I was seeing a lot of people I knew in common running alone or running in a two-person group or a three-person group. So I sat with uh, Dana um, a long time ago. This is like three or four years ago. And I said, you know what, let's combine our groups. Let's get together. And, uh, and, and like I said, we we were up to 25, 30 people some mornings, um, all different ranges from – Basties like you and Diane Ryan to slow people like me. It, it We said nobody runs alone at that early in the morning. So we would always get together at 515 and we would either finish at Wired or we'd finish at Starbucks or someplace or Stewart's or something like that. You know, um, we had 50 members and, and Tuesday and Thursday mornings. And, and, you know, once COVID hit, like I was saying earlier, you know, the membership kind of dwindled a little bit and we had, you know, smaller groups and individual pods. And now, you know, people are still a little conservative and a little doing their own thing. We still have a nice group message with 30 to 35 members. And, you know, most mornings we're five or 10 uh, people, which is great. We're now meeting at Twisted Bagel uh, next to Price Chopper. It's a neat little bagel shop. She opens up early for us and, you know, gives us some discounts. Um, we run from Unified on Wednesday nights at 6 and uh that's been a new wrinkle which has been great to have a beer after and you know we partner with the beer runners they run at four different uh the clifton park beer runners they run at four different venues across the, you know the clifton park malta area so we always try to partner with them uh, at unified on that wednesday and um got a good relationship with them so you know it, it's just been a fun way to get back together you know we um Got a donation this year to uh from um USATF Foundation for the adults. I applied for it, and they ended up fitting all of our adults with sneakers. So your $25 membership, you ended up getting a $150 pair of sneakers because the club is a 501c3. I applied for a grant, and we ended up giving all of our members a brand new pair of sneakers, which was phenomenal, right? (laughs) What club does that? It's just like we we're very fortunate for USATF to be able to to do that for us. Um, so that really, all of a sudden, you know, the day Mike that I was giving out the sneakers, we went from five to ten members to about twenty people showing up on a Tuesday morning at uh, at Twisted.
0: Oh yes, that would really uh that. That's a definitely an awesome perk to have. Wow. That's, and I have to get myself out for more of your runs. I know I'm coming off the injury, so I'm starting to get back into it. 5 15 AM. That's early. That's early. But, uh, you know, you do have the six o'clock option on Wednesdays also ending up with a, the beer after at unified that all sounds really good. Um,
1: moving forward though, what other race or running projects are you working on right now? What's new? (laughs) Perfect timing. So coming off the 5 and the 10K, we're rolling out what we call the Malta 5K Trail Race on October 24th. So as I had mentioned before, we've been working on um, all of our volunteers and all of our community partners. We've been working on the 100 Acre Wood Trails for about three years. And that's our home base for the kids. Kids obviously practice there two nights a week and we've had meets there, but we really wanted to have a trail run for the kids. So the kids are going to have a two K and a three K on the 24th. And then Danny Newman's been taken over as race director for the five K and he's been a maniac out there. He's, he's working on trails, he's cleaning, he's, you know, making the 5k loop, but not out and back. It's just, he's putting in little bridges and different things like that. And we really want to show off, you know, a trail run in our forest. You know, everybody, when you're in high school, what do you do? You do track and you do cross country, right? When you get it, you know, out of college and high school, you mainly do road races. So why not try to get back to basics and get in the woods. we got a beautiful course. It's a different option from where a lot of the trail runs and cross country runs are. Um, So it also gives the adults, if you're going to sign up for the 5k gives you the the opportunity to come and have your kids run a two and a 3k. If you want, it it doesn't matter if you're not a member of a running club, you're not a member of roundabout, you're not, your kid's not a member of the Del Mar or Avril park running clubs. They can sign up as unattached because guess what I'm going to steal them and they're going to join the roundabout club at some point um, so we're really trying to do this to sh- one showcase the trails and all the work our volunteers have done and two obviously raise a little money because it does cost money to maintain the trails and continue to put the stone dust and the crusher stone and the water bars and everything we do on these trails so we're going to raise a little bit money to be able to work on it in the fall we're very fortunate to get grants and donations um, from the town of Malta global foundries foundation to do that. But since we're doing all the work, we want people to come out and actually run on them. Um, So this will be our first inaugural run, if you will. So like I said, we're inviting all the clubs. You don't have to be a member of a club. You can just show up and sign up. It's right on our website, roundaboutrunnersclub.com. So that's pretty new. And believe it or not, not uh, Mike, you and I uh, have talked about this in the past is that, I had my first meeting today about the Malta mile and that's in May. (laughs) So here we are six months away, even more. I had my first meeting with Alyssa and we're going to, we're going to launch the, it would have been year four, but we had to cancel the last two. Um, So we're starting the pre-planning process of uh, getting that rolling. Um, It does take that long to put something together. So we're pretty, pretty pumped to be able to have that out, um, you know, a couple months out.
0: It takes that long and it takes a lot of time and you're a busy guy. Uh, what about your own personal running? Did you have any race goals for 2020 and what did you end up doing with your running? How did that affect you personally from a running standpoint?
1: <laughs> yeah, my, my goals for personal running are pretty simple. I don't I don't want my kids to beat me in a race. There are times no doubt Katie you know being 17 she'll run a 5k and she'll she'll beat me in time but if I'm lining up against her I don't want her to beat me so that's <laughs> that's, that's selfish and it's also a way of keeping my fitness up you know we're I'm getting a little bit older and they're getting they're getting taller they're getting stronger um, from their coaches and school and and from just years of running and stuff so that's my goal is don't let them beat me in an actual race um, and I always try to do about a thousand miles a year and, you know, it doesn't sound like, it sounds like a lot, it's really 80 miles, uh, a month or so. Um, and I've been able to get that goal, um, pretty much every year. And, but of course it's not fun in December. And some of my friends are going to be listening to this. No, in December, it's like cramming for a final. I had to get a hundred, mi- hundred miles the last two Decembers. And that's not fun running in the freezing cold, um, but again, luckily I got a bunch of running friends and groups, you know, from running those three days with the club, I always will try to pick up a, a group to run with, whether it's being Mark Mendel's group at fleet feed, or I try to jump in with the striders on a run on a Saturday or something like that. So that kept keeps you motivated a little bit Is always running with friends and always running with groups, you know, cause like I, I keep saying running is a great community.
0: Yes, it is. And, who or what initially inspired you to, to run some races.
1: And this makes me smile. It's Megan. I mean, Megan's my, my middle child. And, you know, seven years ago, she just wanted to run. You know, Katie really didn't have that much interest in it. Uh, And, but Megan, you know, I could see when she was, you know, five or six years old, she loved to go out and, you know, it was a great way uh, to supplement what I was doing with my cross training and stuff like that. And I never thought I was a runner. Um, But she basically wanted to run and I would find little races, little five Ks to do. And then when she joined Spa City, it was just like, wow, you know, this is really cool. And uh, that's my inspiration.
0: And how long, how has your training evolved in terms of mileage, speed, work and recovery? (laughs)
1: so you know i've only been running like, like i said probably seven or eight years and you know constantly doing the thousand miles a year you know i was part of fleet feet's training program for many years as a participant as a you know as a mentor and i've always followed mark's plan that he puts together really religious and i always had a goal race yeah and priorities change the kids get older you know so you hear that i'm coaching the the kids it's always monday and thursday and mark's workouts are on thursday so i would try to sneak in a workout in early in the morning with the running club so when i send out the plan i try to mimic what mark was doing it but i couldn't do it in person you know and and then sundays became okay i'll jump in with mark's group and then well sundays became trail maintenance day so you know my training has evolved for running as a parent and a coach. So I kind of like my running suffered a little bit, you know, just from coaching and, and travel for work and things like that. So I'm not lining up and towing the line and trying to get a 20 minute, you know, 5k like I did. I'm just, you know, when I go out the next time I'm just going to hope I finish.
0: And what's your go-to shoe when you're, when you're running?
1: Uh, I'm big supporter right now, but I've been bouncing between hokas and Saucony guides um, luckily, I you know, being a, with the running club, I've really been able to partner with uh, Dylan and Noah at Hoka and Brian at Saucony. They're you know both great local reps. They've partnered with the club on trail maintenance days. Um, we've done um, uh, Saucony did a beer night at Unified one night with us and Fleet Feet. So. I really show line like allegiance or preference to partners in the community. And I just love wearing both of their shoes. So um, they're really community minded organizations and, you know, if you can wear their shoes and support them, you know, I really, I really believe in it.
0: And when you do uh, enter in some races here and there, uh, do you get nervous before these races? How do you calm yourself?
1: <laughs> so when I did most of my races, you know, they were 5Ks and weren't anything bigger. So, most of those races were Megan. So, basically, my always goal was to get her warmed up. So, I would always do the warm up with her. I would always be concentrating on her, making sure she doesn't get hurt, making sure I don't go too fast. Um, now that she's older, you know, I'm not sure if I'll race, you know um with her again because I know that she'll end up beating me and I don't want that goal to go away um you know COVID's basically taken her from being 11 and wanting to run with dad to now being 13 (laughs) who wants to run with their dad when they're 13 right so um but eventually you know I'm going to start running you know I've got Adam he's nine so eventually you know he'll want to do some races and things like that so I don't really get nervous per se um I know when I was doing my half marathons and, and races for myself you know, the way to calm down was is just take deep breaths, go through your warm out, your warm up, and, and and just focus on, you know, the finish line and getting there, and not constantly walk looking at your watch. Get in a comfortable groove and just you know do it for yourself.
0: And what's your favorite speed workout?
1: Eight hundred meters repeats all day, and whether it's on a track or anywhere I can find a half mile to go because it's great for sprinting and it's great for long distance. It's it's my go-to.
0: And when you're, when you're, uh, training, um, and judging yourself, do you, uh, train mostly by pace or heart rate?
1: Uh, pace. It, and, and it used to be watching the watch. Now I don't watch it. I just turn it off, but I don't, I haven't been focused so much on my heart rate. I just want to know where I am on my pace and how can I improve on it? Um, you know, the, the watch in their apps have such great data to look at. I'm a data junkie.
0: Awesome. And, uh, um, how about your best PR race day? How did, how did the prep go for that? How did it go? How did you recover afterward?
1: So I'm going to answer that with my best day. Not so much my PR day, but my best day <clears throat> is as a dad, and you'll find this as your son gets older is about them. So in 2016, I ran the Scotty stampede. And, and at that time, you know, Megan was eight and Katie was 12, but Katie had never done five K's and I'd been running five K's with Megan an enormous like every weekend, right? So it was Katie's first 5k. So here she is, she's 11 or 12 years old. And Megan and I paced her. And if you know that course, it's not easy, it, it goes around Boston Spa and it goes up the hill on 67, and it seems like it's uphill all the way. So it was probably the worst race to have a beginner doing a 5k. Oh my god, these are this is going to be what every 5k is going to be, right? But you know what? It was just an awesome experience because there were other members of their club at the time cheering for, supporting. Um, you know, it just was really cool to have my younger, more experienced kid coach her older sister. And it's just, you know, it's probably the best day. They probably don't remember it, but I remember the pitchers and I remember, you know, Finishing with both of them, you know, I, Megan and I finished before Katie and I turned around, but she was maybe a quarter mile out and I ran her into, and, you know, after that, she was like, wow, that's great. I can do these shorter runs. I can, you know, I conquered that. And it, the rest is history.
0: What is your favorite race distance?
1: overall? <laughs> yeah, I'm a sprinter through and through. I, I don't consider myself, I, the, even though I've done, you know, two marathons and I've done a bunch of half marathons, I really think, you know, the 5k and the, and, you know, some track workouts, I'm, I'd really say a 5k is probably my distance.
0: Have any opportunities over the years come up for like sponsorships, like through the club or something like that?
1: Yep. So um, when Ragnar was around and they had the race from Saratoga to Lake Placid, I was an ambassador for Ragnar. So I had all the swag from Reebok and Reebok used to outfit me with, everything from shoes to jerseys to jackets and everything like that. And I did that for about five years or so, you know, when the lockdown happened with COVID, you know, all the Ragnar races stopped. And unfortunately just a year before that, so did Andorondek. So my partnership with Ragnar and Reebok went away and so did my sponsorship. Um, But, you know, it's the, the club has been very fortunate as a whole and not me personally, but the club as a whole to be able to have you know, the Malta 5k does donate money to the club and we do have, you know, Hoka and, and Saucony and global foundries and a bunch of community organizations from Mohawk Honda and Chevrolet donating a skid steer for it. So, Not for me personally, but we've been able as a 501c3 to be able to reach out to the community. And, you know, without that support, I wouldn't be able to charge only, you know, 100 bucks or whatever it is for membership for the clubs for the season. You look at soccer clubs and baseball and lacrosse and, you know, they're paying so much money for their their season. And that's not what I want to do. I'm a parent. I know you don't want to be paying so much money for your kids to do sports.
0: And on the subject of injuries, um, I'm sure our listeners would like to hear what experience you had with injuries and how you overcame them.
1: Yeah. So I've been very fortunate, knock on wood. I did have um, probably like everybody else, plantar fasciitis and um, some bad sciatica. Um, And those are the worst because you never know when they're going to go away. And it's just rest. It's ice, especially the plantar. I mean, the plantar just, it, it just seemed to linger and linger and it hurt and you know, there was nothing you can do other than rest. And we all know as runners, your mind goes nuts. I'm going to get slow. I'm going to lose my fitness, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, and you rush back too quick. And when you rush back t- too quick, you're going to get hurt in other places. And I learned, you know, I'm not by any means an expert at, it. I'm, you know, I, I'm a running coach. I'm certified. I've taken all the classes. I coach people. I had the worst person that I do coaches is, is me. I am probably the worst. I tell you what to do, but I don't follow it myself. But when the planter came back after, you know, the next year, when I thought I went good, I really, when I thought I went away for good, you know, I rested, I biked, I swam. Um, there, there was really nothing else you could do with the sciatica. I went to physical therapy, um, kind of reminded myself that I need the cross train. You can't run all the time. You need to stretch. You need to warm up. You know, sometimes in the winter, it's tough. You get you put your shoes on, your jacket and your hat and gloves and out you go because it that's what you do. And, you know, you're, you're not stretching and that can catch up to you. So um, just patience and don't come back too fast. And I know you've heard me say this many times, maybe not just to you, but to <laughs> myself as well.
0: Yes, I think at, at some point in all of our running careers, we're all guilty of um, overdoing it, overstepping, and coming back too fast when unfortunately, we don't want to hear it, more rest is needed. Yeah. Oh boy. all right, so uh, <laughs> so what was your craziest race, and tell us what happened with what you think your craziest race was that you're ever in?
1: Yeah, I mean this go- this goes back probably like 2012 or 2013, so I, I did the uh, tough mutter. Um, up at Mount Snow twice. One one year I did it for time. I just went up and tried to challenge myself. You know, the obstacle race, it's 10 miles, it's mud, it's, it's, you know, jumping over fences and under barbed wire and mud and everything like that. And it was fun and I tried to do it, but that's not what those events are about. Those are events about going with friends and doing it as a team. So I was able to do the next year with a bunch of friends and, you know, in those two years, I was probably in the best shape of my run, my life. I was cross training three times a week and I was doing a hundred miles a month and I was really watching the diet and I just had so much fun doing it. And if I look back, you know, 10 years ago, we'll say, you know, and it, It was probably the craziest time. I look at, would I do that now? No way. (laughs) It would be really tough for me to do. I'd obviously want to do that again with a bunch of friends, but I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much um, just because I I haven't trained for something like that. But that was probably the craziest race. Uh, Enjoyed both of them thoroughly. I got a couple of scars on my knees and my shoulders from the last one, just from falling and slipping on rocks and, you know, got bloodied up a little bit, but it was a badge of honor at the time.
0: And how has COVID changed your daily routine regarding running?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's basically the motivation, you know, today was probably the perfect example. It was raining a little bit and, you know, it was warm and, you know, three or four years ago, put a hat on a jacket, just go out and get your miles done today. Nope. Rolled back over. Didn't really get out, do anything. I, I went downstairs. I went on my bike I probably rode for about 20, 30 minutes it just, the motivation's not there. The, somebody to keep me accountable. I don't have so, a goal per se. Um, so I just don't reach out as much as I used to, to, to do more things. And, you know, I think it'll change as we're doing more and there are more races and there are more things to do. Um, and part of it is probably everybody that's listening to this is going through the same thing is, is texting a friend and, and, you know, if you don't have a group run already playing, texting a friend, say, hey, I'll meet you at six o'clock at the roundabout and we'll go run two, three miles and just catch up. Haven't done that, you know.
0: And as things continue to improve, uh, what races are you looking to sign
1: up for? Yeah, so I haven't really thought about a race, but I have that, you know, missing out thing uh, that everybody has. So this past weekend was reached the Beach, the Ragnar in New Hampshire. And I'm seeing all the pictures of some of my friends that did it. And, you know, that next year, I want to get some people from the club and try to do Ragnar. Uh, Ragnar still holds a, a real special place in my heart. But, you know, it, it's your typical races that you look forward to, um, you know, around the area, whether it's a half marathon or a 5K, you know, with the stockade-a-thon coming up and, you know, the Mohawk Cuts, and I probably won't do either one of them this year, but, you know, hopefully down the road they come back because those are the, legacy runs in the area and, you know, and then the new ones that are coming out. So the the plate will probably be full, but we really reach the beach is something I want to do with friends. Cause I love the social aspect of running.
0: So are you uh training for anything right now? Anything on the horizon right now? Yeah,
1: not really. You know, my goal always was to do like two half marathons in the spring and two in the fall, you know, you'd have the paleo and you'd have, you know, Mohawk Hudson And there's new ones that that are out there and and things like that. And I just, I've been relatively uh, healthy and I really haven't had any injuries. So I don't really have anything on the calendar or a specific training program. Um, I do, as, you know, a runner, I, I do try to do stuff different. And I do have both the Peloton bike and the tread in the basement. So I've been doing a little bit of brick workouts I don't see any triathlons in my future, but I do like doing other activities. Now, before I was just an hour of cross training, probably three times a week with a coach and then running as much. And I really felt like I was just getting worn down from the cross training. And I really like the groove that I'm getting in right here. And You know, quite honestly, Mike, with um, coaching the kids for cross country, I don't get a lot of miles in, but I have to, you know, I've got... Great coaches. I got ten coaches, and I've got four or five groups of kids. So I don't really, I'm not coaching the kids every practice. I put the plan together, but I bounce from group to group in the trail. So I end up getting like three or four miles every Monday and Thursday night. um So I'm I'm getting miles, but I'm not really sitting around saying, okay, let me start a training program and let me ro- go into a training program and get that race on my on my radar. But you know, if if I do reach the beach next year, that's 30 miles within 20, 20 to 24 hours. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but from what I've done, I probably got to make sure I get something put together for that.
0: I totally hear you on that, Paul, with coaching and, and our own personal running. And that's why I'm, I'm trying to get my miles in now before why it gets older, because uh, <laughs> you not only are you going to get a new uh, team participant, you might be getting another coach if you know. <laughs> <what> you <mean. laughs> <I love it. laughs> but anyway, um, random question favorite guilty pleasure food
1: yeah for sure it's uh Reese's peanut butter cups whether they're in the package or they're in ice cream or something like that forget about it when it's Halloween time I'm in big trouble in about a month from now because my kids don't eat them so if they get them when they trick-or-treat they go into dad's mystery bucket okay and
0: Mm -hmm. uh our our next section is the top 10 this or that um please tell me which item you prefer and why are you a morning or a night runner?
1: Uh, morning because of our 515 runs. Um, I love the newness of the day. Uh, the sunrise coming up. I just did a run up in Lake Placid over on Mirror Lake. It wasn't at 515. It was at six. And when I got down on my run, it was just the best feeling. The fog coming off the lake and the sun coming over the mountains. There's nothing like it. So definitely a morning runner.
0: And I can tell the audience that, um, you know, as far as like Instagram is concerned, Paul is is the worst for like busting on you because I would miss his runs at 515 and I would go out later, of course, and it would be raining when I would go out later and Paul would comment on my uh, Instagram <laughs> post. Oh, it was fine at 515. You should have. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I, I'm, I, I like to be more of a morning person than I am. But, um, you know, meeting up a couple times in the morning does sound like a great idea soon as i get back to things here but um you keep right on busting on me for that stuff because it's gonna have an effect one day for sure (laughs) but uh okay so trails or roads which do you prefer
1: so i'm really a trail guy but i you know from what i was saying before i love our trails you know the the trails in our neighborhood mike that you do and i do within the luther forest uh, housing development are fantastic they're flat they're well maintained but i love our 100 acre wood trails um so i'm split between the two you know for personally i'd like to just go out and run the run the roads and but i do selfishly love our trails i'm not going to go to spack and run on the trails i'm not going to go to indian uh ladder in glenville or thatcher park to run the trails i'm going to stay on ours so um when it comes down to it i want to run on a road um uh, for one safety and and i can see where i'm going but I, man i love our trails as far as
0: medal as far as finisher awards go do you like um uh, medals or t-shirts
1: <laughs> so I, I don't really care for believe it or not either but people that see me uh, on a zoom call or a uh team's call or whatever when i'm in my office downstairs i probably have about a 100 medals behind me from um half marathons to 5k's to the adventure races and things like that i have a, a great amount of medals and people are really impressed when i'm at the home office with that and it's really cool to have the medals and we all get love having those shirts but you know if you were gonna tell me if i had to pick between the two i'd love to have a medal but i really would like to have something unique you know something that I can put on a shelf or something that I did a race and it's not the either one of those things. So believe it or not, we're doing a unique uh, medal for age group winners when we have the trail race that um, people will enjoy seeing. So I'm hoping to post that on social media soon. So selfish little plug there.
0: And I may just add that, you know, in the pre-COVID time, when the last time I ran the mall to 10K race, I was given um, like a a trophy for my uh, metal rack shelf, and I I really appreciated that. That was a very nice (laughs) item that wasn't like the other items that I have. So I I will also say that something unique is also special, um, as far as an award for race is concerned. So track repeats or hill repeats for workouts, which you prefer? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I like or dislike them equally. That's not the right answer. That's not a, an answer per se, but, you know, the club we do, what we call the Stonebreak Hill repeats every day. Uh, or not every day. I'm sorry. We do it every three weeks. Um, and I feel that makes me stronger. And, you know, if you've done the Malta 10K, you know that the last mile goes up Stonebreak Hill, and that's, that's what we practice. So if you're part of a club, you get an inside uh, training session on that in the months of basically May, June and July and August. But, um, then we do a track type workout, uh, every three weeks as well. Um, so being a sprinter in my heart, I'd rather do a track type workout. Um, but I know you need both to be a stronger runner. You can't just flat run on flat surfaces and go run out at a casual, you know, conversation piece pace. You need both. So not, I'm being like a politician on this answer. I'd prefer track, but I know we need to do both.
0: That's very well said. Next, next question is, is a hard choice coffee or beer?
1: Um, we're going with coffee. Uh, though I do like our Wednesday runs at unified their beer selection is fantastic. Another selfish plug. Um, so yeah, coffee runner all the way. Uh, I I struggle with running at night. Um, which is our beer run so yeah definitely coffee or bagel now that we're running from a bagel shop
0: and we have home court advantage here because after the um, after the, the beer run on Wednesdays we could just uh, walk home so yep. <laughs> <laughs> one advantage of living uh, in the Malta area um, but for your other runs uh, do you prefer headphones or or the voices around you?
1: Just Yeah there's the voices I'm a big social runner I love talking during our runs well not for probably the first 10, 15 minutes of our early morning run. And then I eventually loosen up a little bit and we talk a little more. So definitely voices. And for strength
0: workouts and maybe some physical therapy standpoint, um, hammies or glutes?
1: Oh, My hammies all the way. Yep.
0: So you're struggling at the end of a race and you're not sure what's going to happen next. Do you puke it up or suck
1: it up? Suck it up man. suck it up. Yes.
0: And, uh, winter time, I might know the answer to this question already based on everything we've talked about dreadmill or the frostbite.
1: Yeah. So when I was younger, it was totally frostbite. When I say younger, it was probably like three or four years ago. So <laughs> the, the club knows, and I don't even have to tell anybody, but the, everybody in our running club, uh, in our early morning runs know if it's 25 degrees or less, they will not see me. I don't even message. I said, I, they just know. Um, but in years past, there's many pictures on our social media of everybody with, you know, icicles on our eyebrows and coming out of our nose and everything. And it was a badge of honor. know, now I got the bike, I got the tread, I'm good doing, but you know, stuff inside or I'll end up going outside, you know, later in the afternoon and I'll run when it's above 25. So, um, yeah, I've either become smarter or I was dumb when I was younger.
0: Well, well said, well said, um, same process with me. I have a threshold for temps that I won't go out and, uh, as well. Um, and as far as races are concerned, uh, the, our 10th item start or the finish of a race, would you prefer? Uh,
1: Finish for me? Of course. It's the best feeling. You've accomplished something, you know, it's time to party. It's time to celebrate with friends and family. Um, yeah. So definitely love crossing that finish line.
0: Awesome. Hey, Paul, thanks very much for joining me today. This has been a great conversation and I think the listeners will really benefit from all the information that you've said. Um, final question. Uh, do you have any advice for a new runner?
1: Yeah, it's a new runner. You're, you're not, you don't want to be by yourself. Find a running club. There's plenty of them out there. Um, just find a friend too. You know, you don't have to be in a big group. You, you want to find somebody that motivates you that holds you accountable. Um, Many people show up at our runs, um, you know, pre COVID, just out of the blue, and we didn't know anybody. I'm new to running. Can I show up? Absolutely. And whether they were a 14 minute miler, a walker, or somebody that wants to bang out on a, an early morning or an, an afternoon run um, at a quicker pace, everybody is better when they're held accountable and have somebody that knows that they'll be waiting for you. So, probably common amongst us runners but it's just basically finding finding somebody to do it with you you know whether it's somebody you've known all your life or making a new friend just get out there and do it
0: thanks for being on the podcast today paul it's great to have you here man thanks
1: hey dino it was always a pleasure to talk to you and thanks for having me Thanks for
0: listening to this episode of 5Run8 and my interview with Paul Loomis. Tune in next time. We'll be interviewing another runner from the 518 Area Code. Also, special shout out and thanks to Mikey Finn for donating music to this podcast.